0: So, so what we, we watch, watch anime. anime. So what so we play League. We're, We're
1: just, just having fun. We don't, we don't care who sees. So
0: what so we stay in. in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale, and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Read Entertainment Podcast episode. Oh shit, I don't have that pulled up. Uh, two hundred and two hundred and sixty for. August twenty third, twenty twenty. I also do not know if my song did that recording its listening to itself again thing. So I'll have to see if that happened because I don't think I fixed it. Anyway,
1: no, I... my I mean, name it, is Nathan. There was widespread. background music this time.
0: Well, that's good. But what will happen sometimes because the way that I use Voice Meter is that the uh the the song will. We'll do it twice. So like it'll have like half a second of delay or less than half a second uh... of delay. So it'll it'll kind of echo itself, which is fine. It's it's okay. I don't really care. But today, as you have heard, we are joined by Andrew Roa McFain.
1: It's me.
0: And Connor the Are you the...
1: ready for Freddie?
0: Yes. And Connor the Cyberpunk monk.
1: I'm here
2: and it's against my will.
0: It's Somebody not against me. your. It's not against your will anymore. You you have a uh, Stockholm syndrome now, right? We've, That's we've, not
2: how it, it works. It's still against my will.
0: No, not if you he start feed liking. He not unless I
2: participate.
0: Not, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I feed you once
1: a week. You're fine. So it's very cramped in this box. Stockholm syndrome is one of my fetishes. Honestly,
0: if you were in a box, the audio qual- quality would
2: be better. You, you took away my, my hamster water device and you put this blue yeti there instead. It fits unusually well.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um let's start with Andrew Aro McVein. Where can we find you? What games have you played this week? Wrote,
1: uh, website. It's the it's a GeoCities site. Um this week I played Battletoads. Okay, uh, perfect. Battletoads so uh, I'll start off. It's a good game. It's it's a fun thing. Um it's not just a beat-em-up. Um it has a lot of like wacky little interim things. Uh it has the the motorcycle segment. Um there's multiple segments where you have to play rock, paper, scissors with your with your co-op partners. Uh I can... yes. I cannot imagine that uh, it would be anywhere near as fun solo, or even with two people. Playing it with three people is the way that that game was absolutely designed to be played.
0: I played it by um, myself,
1: but uh, I so don't have friends. So that's, what, that's a what sad What is particularly damning about it, though, is there is no online.
0: Yeah, it's all... Local multiplayer, yeah. Now I can't do, I, like, uh, I don't have it. We we both have it on Steam, uh, on uh Windows Store thing, Xbox Game Pass, right? Hmm. Um,
1: on Steam, do you know if it's remote play enabled? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter because I used uh, Parsec. Uh, Parsec. yeah. And um, did that you, work? You well? Use Parsec. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was the first time that I had used Parsec uh, for that purpose, and outside of at the very beginning when it was trying to figure out the the best bit rate, I guess where it was, ooh, it was really really gross and chunky. Um, after like the first not even minute, uh, it cleaned itself up, and it was it was great. Um, the there was hard and if there was latency like beyond a few milliseconds, I couldn't tell. And I consider myself pretty sensitive to input latency. So like it was very impressive how how well it, that worked playing uh over over Parsec with the Discord call going. Um if you if you want to do Parsec though, make sure you use the arcade feature because uh if you just share your computer um other people can hear or well other people can hear themselves on your on the host computer uh because it's it's technically doing desktop sharing whereas the arcade feature will only hook that game and the audio from that game oh, okay. um okay but the functionality is really really good um I don't know if it's better than steam remote play because I haven't used it uh at least not over the internet but it felt at least as good, if not better, than playing Steam Remote Play like on my local network, and there was a lot fewer network issues, or uh, than even with using Remote Play on my local network. Good. So uh, we'll talk about
0: Battletoads when I talk about the games I played. So we'll just keep that a little bit. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about it when when we get to the games I played. That way we can have more of a discussion about it. Anyway. Uh, any other games besides World of Warcraft, which I saw you, you stream that, like, that's the only game you stream, so I never come into your stream.
1: I actually, so I fucked up, um, and I was streaming Battletoads, but I up I updated it, I changed it to say it was Battletoads, but it didn't actually update on Twitch, so it streamed it as World of Warcraft. So oh, that okay. Was kind of, yeah, that was kind of shitty. Um I also played a bit of Microsoft Flight Simulator after it downloaded for four hours. Um, Yeah, so you have to, whenever you install that on Game Pass, it tells you that it's going to take up like 120 gigs. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I started it. It got like halfway done downloading a 10 megabyte file. And then it was like, all right, I'm done. And I'm like, all right, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, So then you play it. And it pops up the thing and it's like, okay, now I'm going to download everything. Where do you want me to put it? Because I'm going to, by default, put it in your app data folder on your C drive. Oh, and no. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to. Why are you doing this? Uh, so I'm like, all right, put it on my G drive because I, I have a dedicated games SSD. I say, put it on my G drive, but you can't put it on the root of a drive. Okay. Um, put it in the folder that Microsoft Flight Simulator isn't. Nope, you don't have write access to that folder because the Windows Store is a piece of shit. Okay, then it's just in this fucking Microsoft Flight Simulator folder on my G-Drive that's separate from the game folder, uh, and I'm assuming that that's just going to bloat over time as it downloads more pieces of, of the world. So That said,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say the reason they do that, I guess, is so that you can have the main flight simulator at, like, game assets and everything that load up when you load the game on, uh, like, a fast SSD, and then you can put the rest of it on, like, a shitty spinning disk. That way you don't use up all of the room on your SSD. The...
1: I I can kind of see that logic, but like, you'd presumably want to have everything on an SSD so that it streams in nicely. I thought that the idea was just that it would stream the data in from the internet as you were playing the game so that it wouldn't have to take up a fuckload of my hard drive. But obviously that's not the case. I'm, I'm assuming that either it has some very basic geometry data for, like, the entire planet and it streams in the more detailed stuff at the, and that most of that data uh that or like the space that it's taking up on my drive is actually just the super high res uh, plane models and stuff because like the cockpit of each plane is fucking amazingly detailed. Uh, like the detail of the game in general is absolutely incredible. Um, like we're gonna have another. Generation or two of graphics cards go by before we're going to be able to see this game running at its full cap full potential because uh, it's just beautiful. The clouds are insane. I've never seen clouds that look as good as in uh, Flight Simulator. so i uh, I have to commend Microsoft. They did a they did a great job making this game that, uh, like maybe a few thousand people are gonna buy, um, and I'm not gonna buy any of the billions of planes that I'm sure that they're gonna put out as microtransaction DLC in the future. But I'm I, happy for the people who are going to.
0: I do think they're gonna make money off of it because they have large number of they have a large number of whales in the flight yeah. sim community.
2: Yeah, Same.
1: all of these, all these like big time simulators have those. You you were were you gonna say train simulator or whatever? No, I was gonna say Star Citizen. Oh well, yeah, yeah, but like the the like railroad simulator or whatever. I think we we went over. It has like twelve hundred dollars or something worth of DLC. Yeah, and you know that a good number of people have bought every single one of those trains because they love trains so much. They, they have a gaming PC specifically to play with their virtual trains. Like, you know, so I, you there know who, are going to be people like that with flight sim.
0: I think, I forget who it is. There's a, there's a, uh, a musician who's really into trains and he's like a really big musician and he's into model trains for some reason. And I, I forget, I think it was Rod Stewart, but I could be wrong anyway. Um, did he play anything else? Uh
1: no. oh I, I i hacked my wii u oh um, good
0: you got nintendo don't on i need to do that at some point in my life uh did you have to download like brain age to do it
1: yeah i uh so you don't have to do that uh you like you can just hack it every time you start up the the console but yeah i bought um i bought big brain academy Okay. on the off chance that I would want to buy Brain Age. You basically just buy a DS game on the virtual console, and then it puts the hack into the, uh, the DS game, so that whenever you run it, it uh, runs the hack, so you don't have to go to a website every time you start the console up. That's nice. Um, and how does it yeah, work? Yeah, but, I mean, it, I forgot how slow the Wii U is. <laughs> oh my god. Um it's, it's not it's
0: not a great console. Um it
1: really isn't
0: like be- obviously my god obviously it's better than the the Xbox 360 and it's better than the PS3. But I think part of it is that when you hack it um you're actually entering into like the the Wii
1: compatibility mode and not No. I thought you no, were. No, it's not true anymore. No. Oh, okay. It, it, if you run nintendo do don't then uh, yeah. I think it injects into Wi. but uh, the thing that I that I'm doing uh, gives you complete kernel space access to uh, the the Wii U software. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just that I mean turning the console on is an unbelievably slow experience. <laughs> Oh, uh, and you can't use the quick start menu that I forgot that they put in because it takes so long to start the console up because uh, you have to run that thing whenever the whenever the console starts. But like just the load times of like switching between applications, it, it it's ridiculous. And yeah, so I, I downloaded a few Wii U games and played uh, Sonic Lost World, which, uh, wow, that game's awful. And I played a uh, game in Wario again because uh, I liked that one. And then I forgot that uh, Miiverse is dead. And is. so the best mode in game and Wario, the Pictionary mode no longer functions because it relied on Miiverse.
0: Uh, I do have a question though. Did you try any GameCube games?
1: I haven't yet uh, because it's kind of annoying to or the way that you have to do it because you have to um you have to generate or download an injector to put it on the home screen and then launch it from that injector. Oh so okay. it's it's not as easy as just dropping the ISO onto your SD card or whatever.
0: I see. Um well that's nice. That's cool. Uh keep us updated on like if if you get a bunch of like uh, emulators running on it and tell us how they work like SNES 64
1: stuff like I that. Shall I shall do that. I will, I, es- uh, I will put RetroArch on there at some point. Ha 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 teaser for later. <laughs> oh yeah. Ha
0: huh. uh, So anyway, let's move on to Connor. Where can we find you?
2: You could find me at Twitter at cyberpunk underscore monk. You could find me at Twitch at cyber. <clears throat> that one that I said a second ago, Cybercrunk. Yeah. Cyber lit. But what I've been playing this week of the usual is I've been playing my Pavlov, I've been playing my StarCraft, I've been playing my Halo. We gotta finish Halo sometime,
0: Nathan. We really should. We should finish and games. Then
2: I have also, I picked up Castle Crashers on Switch because that went on sale. And I have been having so much fun playing this game again. I do about 10-15 minutes before bed, usually the last few days. It's not as fun without four people, but it's also not as stressful, I've found not having to fight for resources with um, otherwise competitive teammates is a blast. That's that being said, cool. I remember it being a little bit easier and I think having four people had something to do with that. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Um, did you play anything else? Anything,
2: uh, I noteworthy? played painting Warhammer minis.
0: Oh, you played, you've been playing that game a lot lately. It's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I guess I'm not great at painting stuff so i don't get it Uh, um i've tried i've tried and it doesn't it's not very good i'm not very good at
1: it but i used to paint christmas figurines oh that's cool i have a paint little houses
0: i have a friend who does cross stitch a lot so uh there's Uh, that I I i don't do good with textiles i see uh we'll move on to me then you can find me nathan reed Spruth everywhere as reedon twitter reedon twitch reedon youtube reedon or reedon entertainment uh you can find my website reedon entertainment.com uh if you don't see the podcast posted on the front page you can always go to the podcast icon and it'll have all the new updated it'll have all of the episodes uh in a folder there and then uh, You can listen to the podcast at Reeton Podcast on Spotify or iTunes. If you want to on iTunes, you can give us a rating. Make sure it is 5 out of 5 or whatever you want. And uh, set, tell us how awesome you are. And wh- who is your favorite cast member? Tell us who do you like the most. Me. Anyway, it's me. It's, it's Aroa. Tell us how much you like Aroa. Uh,
2: if I could vote, I'm definitely voting Aroa.
0: Okay. And then... The games I played, I also played Battletoads, and I thought it was fun. Uh, and this is gonna be weird for me to say. It's not hard enough. It is a it's actually a very easy game compared to the other Battletoads games. I I was watching somebody do have you ever seen Dreamcast Guy on YouTube? No. So his opinion is wrong on this game. He thinks that the mini-games and the extra stuff that they've added in, like the turbo tunnels and all the extra like types of levels that they have, are bad, and that they oh. should just focus on the, on the
1: beat-em-up sections. On the incredibly mediocre beat-em-up experience?
0: Yeah, and, and I was like, but the original Battletoads had a lot of other sections... Yeah, Like, there's swimming sections. There's, of course, the turbo tunnel, which is notorious. But after that, they have two other flying sections. They have one where you're or, uh, kind of sections like that. They have the uh, one where you're on a surfboard, I believe. And then there's another one where you're uh, flying away from rockets and stuff in another turbo tunnel-esque section. There's also. One where you get on a bike and you have to basically steer with the bike around corners and stuff, but the corners are vertical and all sorts. Of, it's really weird and it's impossible to play with a friend. It's literally impossible to play with a friend because if you have two people doing it, one of the bikes won't work and you can't you can't win. It just won't go. Oh. Yeah. So there are uh, there's a bunch of variety. There's the rat race as well in the original uh, Battletoads where you're literally racing a rat to the bottom. So I think that his opinion on that is wrong. I think that them putting in those minigames is very reminiscent of the original Battletoads. And also, I really like the anime style cutscenes. I really like the cutscenes that they have in there. I think that they're really funny and Pimple is my favorite. Because he's he's pretty funny.
1: The 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 opening scene where they're flying up into the air and chanting "We are God" uh, <laughs> is one of the funniest things that I've seen in quite a while.
0: Yeah. Uh. So I I had a lot of fun with it. I've only played about halfway through the game, a little over half. So I will I I will beat it sometime next week during my stream, uh, which is monday through friday 6 p.m pacific time to 9 p.m pacific time so those times may change depending on what happens uh i also played another game called undermine which is very similar to binding of isaac it is basically binding of isaac but they have changed some things around uh and it is a rogue like and it's really fun actually it's I like Binding of Isaac, but I have played that for like 500 hours. So kind of switching it up, there are, you know, different weapons. There's different... um, Instead of just having projectile attacks, you actually have a close-range attack and a projectile attack. It's pretty fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I like some games where you can just sit down and play for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, and then call it a day. And then what else did I play? Overwatch... Uh, I think I played some Halo. Oh, I also played Marvel's Avengers, the open beta oh. that they have. I didn't it, know
1: that there was an open beta for that. It runs like shit. I've heard bad things about it in general.
0: Uh, the, you're going to hate this, but the optimization's really bad. Uh, I have it on medium settings, and it hovers around 55 FPS. And then like, it'll load up a cutscene, and it will just freeze. And this is on an SSD, and it just freezes for like ten seconds before it loads up the cutscene. Uh, and I'm not—I'm not saying that there's a loading screen. I'm saying that like the character will like jump up into the air, and then it'll just freeze on him. I was like, "Did my game crash?" Oh no, there it goes. Oh, okay, good. And it—and it'll continue <laughs> on just like normal. And then uh, I'm gonna do a little bit of spoilers, and I apologize for this. But as Hulk you face Abomination at some point. Not a huge spoiler. Uh, The big spoiler is that apparently, uh, in this battle, Abomination just blinks out of existence and you can't continue on in the beta. At least for me and a lot of other people. So I thought that... So I was fighting, there's four electric generators nearby. And so he disappeared... And I thought, oh, I've got to destroy these generators. After I do that, he's going to come back and we'll continue the fight. But that's not what happened. He just never came back. And I was like, oh, well, then there's got to be some wall I can climb or something I break that I can continue on. I messed around for like 10 minutes before uh, Rogish Bard looked it up. And she's like, nope, apparently this happens to a lot of people. And they'll reload and it'll happen again. So uh, beta's broken. Hopefully. I'm assuming they're going to fix that. Hopefully they'll fix the the performance issues. Maybe it's it, it might be a, th- a problem with the game. It might also be a problem with the drivers because maybe NVIDIA drivers that will come out that are geared for Marvel's Marvel Adventures and then we're not going to have any problems with it. So I'm sure they'll patch things up before release. I actually... I didn't not have fun. It just wasn't the type of game that I tend to enjoy for more than a few hours. Just, just a, you know, generic kind of beat 'em up game. And, uh, with those games, I do kind of wish that you could create your own character, but in these games, you're just playing as Hulk. Uh, I think it's, it's Hulk Kamala, uh, and then the other main ones like Black Widow and Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. I think that's all of them. I think there's six or seven characters you play as. So it's it's not a bad game, but I'm not going to be buying it for sixty dollars. But if you're interested, Aroa, it's a uh, it's on Steam in open beta. Uh, I think until nine p.m. today, Pacific time. Oh, all right, yeah. So, uh. And then I think that's all the games I played, but I do want to give an update. Uh you remember that I said I did that critical test and I failed it and they called me in for another interview? Yeah. Um so during you the interview. It. Well, I I mean always. I always fail interviews, but I went in for the interview and they at the end of every interview, they always ask you, "Well, do you have any questions for us?" And you're supposed to come with, like, two to three questions, right? They, they always suggest that you come with, like, some re- really well-thought-out questions.
1: Supposedly, and, yeah.
0: And I uh, asked the question, I was like, I only have one question. And I'm going to preface preface it with this, and that is uh, when I did the critical test, I failed the memory portion. And I thought after I failed that memory portion that that was the end of it, that I would not hear back from you and I was done. No chance. And then you guys called me back for an interview. And my question is, why? And uh, <laughs> they they thought it was funny, too. They laughed as, as well. Um, and they explained that uh, basically the memory portion of the test sucks. And, That's amazing. And most of the people who take the test if they fail it they fail either that or the typing portion and they're like we can't really you know if somebody is a poor typist they're not going to be good at this job they're not going to be able to make the notes and they're not going to be able to listen and take notes at the same time so we can't have somebody there who can't type but we feel that the the memory test is unfair because you can't even write it down or type it out while you're listening to it. And we have so many things at our disposal. You're never going to be in a situation where you have to have, where you can't type it out or write it down. You're never going to be in that situation as a dispatcher. So they brought back some people who had failed that. uh, And that increased their, the, the size of interviewees. Uh, by three more people that go into the next interview. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I, and I asked him, I was like, did I do well in the other portions? And they're like, absolutely. So apparently I did really well in the other portions. And so, uh, this upcoming Friday, I have a second interview. Nice. Yeah. I will, uh, I will feel bad because I literally just started my other job. Um, but on the other hand, my current job is paying $19 an hour, and the dispatcher job would be $26 an hour. So yeah. fuck them, <laughs> basically. I, I, okay. I like them. They're, everyone's super nice, and my current job is the easiest job I've ever had in my life. But uh, on the other hand, $26 an hour is pretty sweet, and I, I could not pass that up.
2: It's good money. It's a lot more than I'm making right now.
0: It's a lot more than I'm making right now, too. Uh, I honestly, I was like, how many hours of sleep do I really need a night? Because if I'm working night shifts as a dispatcher, I could work day shifts there and then just bring in lots of money. But then I, then I would you die. Then I would
1: die. I would do that.
0: <laughs> I would have like six hours of sleep a night. Is is what I figured out I would have. Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do I, it.
2: I wouldn't recommend it. I I remember when I was working more than one job at a time and. Boy, does it kill your, uh, I guess will to live is the right word. It kills <laughs> your will to live.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. So let's move on to some stories. And uh, we're going to start out here with some Android 11 news. So Android 10 is out right now, which is uh, it's a pretty decent operating system for Android. And they're coming out with Android 11. Did they stop naming them a while yeah. back? Okay. Yeah, they did. I didn't catch it cuz they used to be like Oreo and mint chocolate chip and yeah, chocolate they wafers realized they were
1: going to they were going to run out of names eventually so they gave up
0: I I mean there's a lot of candy out there I I don't think that they're going to run out of names unless they just didn't feel like um being like this is Android baby Ruth <laughs> uh anyway so the new android 11 will force apps to use the built-in camera app ignoring third-party defaults so i actually i don't like this i do understand apparently there's some security issues with it but there are alternative cameras that are way better than the built-in camera app um my like obviously the camera app for my phone the pixel 4a that i got last week uh that one's pretty good it's got night sight and all that but there are some cameras uh that have really bad they have really good cameras but really bad camera apps and so you can install something called gcam which is basically a recreation of the pixel camera app where you can uh put it you can get night sight on non pixel phones so you can get the Google features on non-Pixel phones, which is pretty great. Um, so I don't, I don't quite like this. I, I always, I lean towards, uh, being more open with your hardware. Uh, what, being an iPhone user, what, what do you think about that, Aroa? Like,
1: because uh, you it, can't change your it cases camera. me app, off. No, I can't, and it's annoying. And <laughs> actually, they're, they're changing. Uh, I think that at least with the browser, I don't know if there are any other defaults that they're that they're changing. Um, but uh, with the newest version of iOS, they are going to allow you to change your default browser. It only
0: took them like 14 years, but they finally are.
1: Shit! (laughs) Like, it's amazing to me here that uh, like Google is going the opposite direction now. What I am hoping for, and maybe, maybe this is just me being optimistic. Maybe this will just be something that'll be shoved into the developer settings or something, um, where like you'll be able to turn off this default functionality. Uh, once you actually get into the phone, I'm assuming that this is really just meant to uh, to protect idiots, you know like yeah because that's apple's justification that's always been apple's justification is that they don't want you to like install an app that you don't realize is going to be able to do something and this like the way that they do things they can uh they can make sure that the experience is is tailored well for for everybody um it is but weird, obviously though. they realized that that was a bad idea uh,
0: it is kind of weird to me when like you'll go to shoot a picture It's like which or you'll like you'll double click the uh, pixel shutter or a uh, power button, and that will actually trigger your camera, but when you first get it, it or you install like Snapchat or something, it's like, do you want to complete this operation using Snapchat I'm like, no, never, I do not want to my default uh, app to be Snapchat. Thank you very much. But I still think that like, cause people use open camera or G cam and it would be really great for them to be able to use that instead of like the Samsung, uh, camera app, which isn't very good compared to the pixel camera. And like, I think that, um, well, I know that like the new Samsung galaxy S 10 or the note 11, is it Note 11? I don't know. Uh they I have think so. they have really high end like 60 something megapixel cameras. I think one of them has a 108 megapixel camera. And adding in the ability to use those with like night sight or portrait mode from the pixel is is great and can produce some really really good pictures. So, hopefully uh, you'll still have you'll still be able to do that. You just won't have be able to set it as your default application. You just have to click on it instead of you know opening up your uh like with your Pixel double clicking on that that button to launch the camera app. Anywho, uh, another this is uh we're just gonna bitch about companies for like the first two thirds of this podcast.
1: <laughs> what an so, unusual thing for us. Yeah, yes. that's actually
2: pretty on par.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, now. Who here likes Facebook? Just don't all speak at once. Even the
2: crickets have left.
0: (laughs) Um, Oculus is now demanding that you connect via Facebook for VR, which
1: is not good. So I do want to point out, and I I think that um, this might be getting blown out of proportion, Now that I have read more on it, it's still bullshit. Don't get me wrong. But um, it seems that, well, the actual story is that uh, Oculus is going to enforce everyone who uses an Oculus headset to have a Facebook account and to link their Facebook account with uh, their Oculus account. And if they don't do that, then in 2023 you won't be able—you supposedly won't be able to use your headset anymore, which isn't completely true. Um, Isn't completely true. So, uh, my understanding now is that in reality, Facebook is going to make it to where you can't log in. To the Oculus app. Uh, so you'll still be able to use like Steam VR stuff. Uh, but if you bought games on the Oculus store, for example, uh, fuck you. you. You have to use a Facebook account or get fucked. Um, but your headset isn't going to become a brick just because you don't use a Facebook account. Uh, that said, who knows what's going to happen with, say, the Oculus. Is it quest? Is that the the standalone one? Yes. I think the quest is yes, yes. Um, not really clear what they're gonna do with that. Also not clear. are they still going to release up like firmware updates, software updates for these devices? Not not sure. probably won't. They'll probably make it through you have to sign into the Oculus app and that's fucked up. It's fucking bullshit.
0: Yes, I I tend to agree. Uh, I also have something in my throat. Give me just a second for that to clear out. So um, I believe that they're also going to track like movement data, but I'm
1: not sure. Oh, they're going to track all your shit. Everything that you do in that headset, everything that you use that headset for, they're going to be watching it. They're going to put it into their knowledge graph and uh, they will do everything that they can to monetize your information as much as possible.
0: How, like, what are they... I mean, obviously, there's some limitations to what... They're not going to, like, stream all of the video to their servers and be like, this is what he's been playing or watching. But, like, what are the movements going to, to do other than maybe be like, oh... With these these characteristics happen, and we can make the next headset more comfortable, or we can make the next uh, so grips more yeah. comfortable.
1: That's what that's what the optimist in me says. Uh, that all this really is is that they want to be able to use Facebook's uh, Facebook's ULA so that they can. They, they can justify taking your data and use it to improve their platform.
0: They that, need... That's
1: the optimistic thing.
0: I mean, how many people are watching VR uh, adult entertainment with their with their headset?
1: That's the only thing I wanted to buy the Oculus Quest for. They need to
0: make an Oculus Fleshlight. That's what Ooh. they need. And then they can track all that user data... That that will be its own special grip. Uh, <laughs> can't believe I just said that. Uh, you could link it with your Oculus and see how many times uh, people use their Oculus Quest, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I don't like this. I don't. I don't think that you should be required to have a Facebook account, uh, especially if you, so. If you bought something on the Oculus Store, you should have access to that without. Buying or without being like hey you have to sign into facebook now
1: that's the biggest bullshit thing to me is that they they made a statement a long time ago that said don't worry guys like even though we're getting bought by facebook you're still going to be able to use your oculus account to play your games forever and that's not true and it like it's it's just more evidence that you can't trust any company whenever they say, don't worry, guys. Everything's going to be just fine. Exactly. Because that's never guaranteed by anyone. Right. Um,
0: Speaking of another company that we we really don't like, Uber, uh, the Uber CEO, says that his company cannot hire all of its drivers in California. This is from Engadget. Um, If you can't hire all of your employees, you shouldn't be a company.
1: That's Or you my just shouldn't opinion. have that many employees.
0: Yeah. I, I I understand there are some people, and we'll read through some of the comments on this as well, um, but there there's some people who don't actually care for those benefits. They don't care to be hired on full-time. It says here, we can't go out... And hire 50,000 people overnight, the executive said in an interview with the Pivot School podcast. Everything that we have built is based on this platform that brings people who want transportation or delivery together. You can't flip that overnight. What? Really? That, That doesn't make any sense. Everything that we have built is based on this platform that brings people who want transportation or delivery together. You can't flip that overnight hiring them as employees is not going to not bring them together.
1: What yeah, like what does that, that have
0: to do with anything? Exactly. Uh it it makes zero sense. Um on August 10th, the state won a preliminary injunction against Uber and Lyft, which I believe Lyft has left California for now. A judge ordered the two companies to comply with California's Assembly Bill 5 labor law. The legislation attempts to reclassify some contract workers as employees. If the court upholds the injunction, both Uber and Lyft said that they would need to suspend operations temporarily. Which I kind of get, like, what he said with with not being able to hire 50,000 people overnight, I get. Um, but I'm sure there is a way that they could work with the state for, like, a transition period.
1: Instead of yeah, just... Yeah, they have to... They have to actually show that they're willing to do any of that, though.
0: Exactly. And I think part of what they want to do is they want to stop operations and force and be like, see, see, look how needed we are. You have to let us continue treating our employees like shit.
1: Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they want to do. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then here they did an interview with MSNBC. It says, it'll take time, but we're going to figure out a way to be uh, in California. And that was uh because there's a proposition 22 if that measure is passed the measure would allow uber to continue employing drivers as contractors but it would require the company to offer them benefits such as health insurance and hopefully paid a time off they everyone should have paid time off because working your life away without pto is one of the worst things that can happen to you um now going Going down into the comments, there was somebody who was saying, well, I don't want to be hired like most most people don't want to actually be uh, hired. And it's this guy named Robert says, "As a four-year, 4.9-star 4. rated, diamond-level driver who drives 60 hours per week. I love my job. I love being an independent contractor. I do not want to be an employee. However, as the backbone of Uber, the driver's... Uh, are undermined, underpaid, and underappreciated at every turn. Employee status is not what we want. Uh, it sounds like it is what you want.
1: <laughs> he doesn't even understand what he's asking for.
0: Yeah. Um, it says, uh, Uber, Derek A and his minions of legal advisors are too sneaky and shifty by far. Proposition 22 is deceptive. Uh... If they wanted to treat their drivers better, they could have done it at any time. Yes.
1: Uh, I guess should... he's saying that becoming employees won't make their living conditions any better. Like I... They're still going to get treated like shit, and their wants and needs are still going to be undermined by the corporation, which is probably true. It,
0: it, it, yes, it is. But if you force them to hire as actual employees, then there are certain things that they are required to give you. If you're such as, I believe in California, sick time, uh, at least in Oregon, if you're an actual employee, even if you're a contractor, they're required to give you uh, 40 hours of sick time a, a year. So you always have the ability to take time off if you're sick. Uh, there's also uh, the, the Obamacare uh, status, where if you're a full-time employee, if you're listed as an employee they have to give you healthcare benefits or the option to get healthcare benefits through the company. So I believe he does want employee status because he he's saying that they're under underpaid, uh, undermined, and underappreciated, uh, but employee status would definitely help them with getting more benefits from their job. Or at least the ability to get more benefits out of the job. Because if you're an employee, you can opt out of getting health care benefits. You can't yeah. opt out of getting health care benefits if they don't offer you health care benefits.
1: Yeah, I, I think that this really should come down to the choice of the individual driver. And like making them be employees would allow for that opportunity. Exactly. Whereas the way that things are now, it's just they don't have to treat you like anything other than a contractor.
0: Yeah, being a contractor is one of the worst things that can happen. Uh, it's just, it's so sh- it's so shitty because you show up to work and you're working for that company, but you're not technically working for that company. So you show up to work and you're like, hey, this is, this is great. I get to work for Sony. But technically I worked for a place called Collabora. And... So, it, and then after a year, they can just decide, hey, you're not an actual employee of us, so we're going to get rid of you. Or, uh, like my old coworker just had, he was a contractor. He is still a contractor, and the company, instead of making him a full-time employee or extending his contract by another year or six months, they have extended it by one month till after inventory and, you know what happened to me after inventory? I was <laughs> let go. So I'm thinking that they may be letting my former coworker go out of his contract, and then just outsourcing all of the IT help in my city. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen, and that is and bullshit.
1: That's, that's uh, that's a lot of what they started doing over at the the company I used to work for. Yep, like they they always had this this attitude of, we don't outsource. We don't do that. And yet every year, they outsource a little bit more. Just a little uh, bit I don't more. know what they're doing now. but yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I have no idea either. What about you, Connor? Have you ever been a contractor?
2: Yeah. Um, I've actually been a managed IT support contractor as well. Both jobs are kind of bad at times, but I definitely liked working for a company rather than a company that was just outsourced help.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm i not a fan of contract work. I'm not a fan of the way that a lot of companies will just keep you endlessly as a contractor. Um, mm-hmm. There are certain companies that I won't name, but they will have you work for two years. And then after two years, they have to make the decision on whether to hire you or to not hire you. And instead of hiring them, they will let them go for three months. That person will then get unemployment for three months and then hire them back as a contractor for another two years, which is pretty shady if you ask me. Yep. So uh, let's move on to one more, or we got two more stories, but this one's from Aroa. Aroa, will you talk about the Mac rumors website and Apparently, Apple is expanding independent repair provider program to Macs, not just iPhones.
1: Yeah, so here's something that uh, is probably going to initially be viewed as a good thing, uh, but it's actually not anything at all. so, okay. so it's um, nothing.
0: It's but it's not it's not good or bad. It's
1: it's, it's an empty it's an empty proposal. That, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you want to put it, but it's it's Apple pretending to do something good uh, and actually, if anything, hurting uh, companies. So Apple has this authorized or independent repair provider program uh, where uh, currently, if you bring an iPhone to an independent repair provider uh, that is Apple certified, Then they can take your phone and presumably fix it themselves and then get it back to you. Uh, However, what actually happens is that unless they, or unless you just need, I think it's the battery or the screen replaced, Uh, I, I think if there's anything else, you have to mail it to Apple and then they will mail either the fixed unit or more likely a replacement unit back. So that means charge port. If it's uh, an iPhone that does have a headphone jack, a headphone jack, uh, the uh, home button, uh, any you of know, the side buttons, um, the earpiece, speakers, microphone, all that shit, none of those things can be replaced by an independent repair provider. Uh, Apple just simply will not provide them the parts. And that is what this program is going to essentially be. Uh, but th- there's, there's nothing clear, as far as I'm aware yet, on what they will be allowed to do. Um, but it's probably going to be roughly the same thing. You'll be able to replace the batteries and the screen. But if somebody needs a new keyboard, if somebody needs a new fan blower, uh, somebody needs their GPU replaced or uh, a lot of times with the with uh, MacBooks, there is a charge circuit that uh, there's a particular capacitor that goes bad Uh, and you can just replace that capacitor and then you're good but they will probably, if if they even allow you to do it, they will probably only sell you the actual board and you have to replace the whole board instead. Yeah. Um, a- additionally, uh, the current program and the way that this new program will also work, you can't stock any of these parts. You can't have screens or or batteries on hand. You have to have a customer in the store give you their phone and then sign a document saying they want you to fix it. And then you have to order the part from Apple and have them ship it to you. So no matter what, the minimum turnaround time is going to be a day. But it'll probably be at least two days because I doubt Apple is going to be overnighting all of these parts unless the store wants to pay for it, which then means the customer has to pay for it. So yeah. This is a really shitty program because currently if you run your own independent repair shop that isn't Apple certified, you can just order a lot of these things from Asia or from some other supplier and have them in stock and then if somebody brings in their their MacBook or their iPhone or whatever, you can just fix it. Now that will draw some ire from apple and uh the person that i learned about this from uh has had that happen but uh like if you want to provide decent service for your customers as a repair shop this isn't even close to an option this is apple pretending to do something good and but in reality they're just trying to i think they're trying to get ahead of right-to-repair legislation, and I'm willing to bet that a lot of right-to-repair legislation that's currently under consideration doesn't think about whether or not specific categories of replacement parts are included in the parts that companies are are required to provide.
0: So, as an IT guy, I
1: tend to
0: lean towards overstocking stuff. At least, uh, that's just me. I don't know about <clears throat> you as IT guys, but I like having a couple extra monitors in hand just in case a monitor goes out, right? So that way the, the the user isn't down for an extended period of time. And I assume that if you're running a repair shop like this, you're going to want the the biggest parts that the most broken parts on an iPhone or Mac to be on hand at any given time. I understand you can't keep every little part. like that that capacitor that might go out, uh, you may have to order. But if like you want a screen for an iPhone, those things break all the time. Uh, so you would want at least two or three in stock at any given time, just in case somebody comes in and they're like, hey, my iPhone screen's out. And you can say, okay, I'll have that fixed in an hour. And that makes the customer want to go to you first because you have it in stock and you're going to be able to get that fixed very, very quickly. And that also makes it so that, uh, you know, you just have customer loyalty. Uh, you can make a higher profit. It, it, it's it's really, really stupid to not allow people to stock items what as IT guys, do you like having things on hand, like the the major components, or am what I, just am I crazy? supposed to
2: say to that no? no I mean, Nathan, I don't like having a backup strategy.
0: <laughs> okay, I could, well I know somebody who was telling me that their their job has stopped ordering extra things, so the I so the IT department decided that or like the the higher ups in the IT department decided that they you can't have like extra monitors, extra mice, anything like that on hand because their thought is that Amazon can get it in 2 days. So there's no reason to have those stuff on hand. And I'm just like that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That that was a decision that was definitely not made by the IT department. And like the IT managers are now just parroting what their their higher ups are telling them to do
1: even at the the company that i worked for a while ago where the like local IT teams were incredibly RMA happy because we had a contract with Dell i think where basically everything could just be RMA'd and they'd overnight a replacement thing even they would have enough machines locally to where at least whenever they did need RMA a computer, they could swap it out right then and there. And the user wouldn't have to wait an entire day to be back and working again. Like the, and, and the idea that these people are supposed to be working with the public and, and giving this kind of service And it's even worse whenever you consider that a lot of these places are going to be competing with Apple stores. And if you've, well, obviously neither of you have owned an iPhone, uh, but like that's one of the things that people who use Apple products always like talk about as, as a big deal with owning an Apple product is you can take it to an Apple store and they'll usually do their damnedest to have you with a working device when you walk out the door. And like, I went over there, um, with, I, I I had an appointment, but I, I went over there with my, my phone that I bought from consumer cellular. It wasn't even from a major regular carrier. Uh, and my camera wasn't working. And Not even two hours later, they had a new phone for me because they couldn't replace the camera in the store. So they just gave me another phone and I was good. Like I didn't have to pay anything. And you wouldn't be able to do that in this situation. So Apple is, is actively harming the independent repair market by doing this because Why would I go to an independent repair shop whenever I can go to an actual Apple store, even if it's a two hour drive, which it's like an it's like a 90 minute drive for me to get to the closest Apple store. But that's a hell of a lot of a shorter wait than two days, like or or longer, because in, in my situation, it probably would have had to have gotten mailed off to Apple and I would have waited like a week to get my fucking phone back which is that you can't even do that anymore. You, I can't not have a phone for a week. Like my livelihood is based around having this fucking glass rectangle. So this is insane. And I really hope that right to repair legislation gets rid of this hand wavy bullshit and actually gives us proper repair programs so that independent shops can provide good service uh i was trying to think of his name lewis rossman yes um he it like fantastic channel uh talks about the the trials and tribulations of running an independent uh computer repair shop like they they do phones too but mainly macbooks he's been raided before
0: like that like the the police officers came in and took all of his like Apple products, like his backup screens and stuff.
1: Well, yeah, because they uh and they like intercepted uh, a shipment that he had coming in. They they intercepted it during customs because they thought that it was all counterfeit stuff, and like he had to fight over that because none of it is actually counterfeit. It like all the Apple logos have have uh either tape over them or they've had a slash put through them and at that point they're not counterfeit cuz they're not pretending to be apple products. <laughs> right. Like, but it, it's, it's
0: it's really dumb that like he got raided and he's just like I just want to run a business and fix stuff and that's why we need right to repair. We yeah. need it. Uh
1: Wait, like, can you can you imagine if like console modders for like like, uh like people that do mod chips for old Nintendo consoles or whatever, like all of a sudden, those were getting intercepted in customs, and like Nintendo was sending the FBI after like Voltar or something, and or, and or, like:
0: or even like, let's say you have the analog NT or something like like you buy that and they're like oh sorry can't do that it it's uh it plays nintendo games. Yeah. Even though like you can do that legally. You can legally you can modify your system. You can have systems like that because uh, Nintendo's not the patent anymore. Um and then same thing with with iPhones. They've ruled that you can jailbreak your iPhones. They've ruled that you can do whatever you want to do with your iPhones. Even put counterfeit counterfeit screens and stuff in your iPhones, and they do stupid things to get you to not be able to do that. Like, didn't they? Didn't the they make T, it so the that The T two chip, the T two chip?
1: Is that what you're talking about? Uh,
0: where uh, you replace the screen, and since it wasn't an Apple certified thing, it won't let you actually replace the screen.
1: Right. There are uh, there are a couple of MacBook models. That use identical screens, except one of the screens has some kind of like particular serial number or something. And if if some identifier on that screen doesn't match up with what the T2 chip expects, then that screen won't power on, and you basically have have a useless MacBook. Um, iPhones, um, iPhones with uh, the home button. Um, you can't use touch ID if you replace the home button. You can't. Uh, no matter what, the uh, the home button that was originally attached to that phone is permanently tied to the secure enclave on the processor. So you would have to replace the processor and the, the uh, home button, which at that point... You might as well buy a new phone, and that that's insane. That that's ridiculous. Uh, who knows how many other other components in uh, in MacBooks and iMacs are like that? I would I would assume that the only thing or the only things that they that they sell that wouldn't be quite so bad would be Mac Pros, but uh, like even the, even the newest Mac pro isn't the greatest for, for if you want to have a, have a modular device that you, that you own, like, I don't know. I, I really like Apple's products, but my God, I hate that company so much.
0: See, and I don't like Apple products, but mainly because I'm cheap and I'm like, wow, I'm not spending like I've, I, I look at Woot every day and I've I've thought about getting like an older MacBook or MacBook Air or something like that just to have so that way I can I can play with it, I can run troubleshooting, I can kinda of get familiar with the operating system. That way if I go into an interview and they're like, Hey, do you know how to use MacBooks? I can say, Yeah, you know, I have a MacBook. I've been, you know, practicing and learning how to do, you know, different commands on it and stuff. But like even the refurbished like two or four year old MacBooks are like two thousand dollars, and I'm not gonna spend that much money on something that's way older and way more expensive than it should be
1: the only the only Apple product well mac OS product that I think is worth the money in any capacity would be the Mac Mini and not the current mac mini uh if you get an older mac mini. Then those are those are definitely worthwhile because you can get those secondhand for maybe a, a, like two or three hundred dollars usually.
0: Now, what about and, the sixty thousand dollar Mac with the one thousand dollar
1: wheels or whatever? Well, do you, think, you, do you know think that's worth it. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> so actually, I was considering, or I, well, I wasn't really considering, but I was like, I wonder how much is the trash can mac pro now because that uh that hasn't been updated well, wasn't updated after it was released in 2013 so i was like i, I i'm kind of curious because it would be kind of cool to have one it's like the size of the fan on my desk that'd be really neat uh it's three thousand dollars three a- three thousand dollars for a seven-year-old computer
0: here's Here's another thing to consider the the uh, I think the highest end Mac that you can buy is like 60 grand, right? Isn't yeah. that how much you bought your house for? Yep. yeah. So you can buy a Mac or you can buy a house, although to be fair, that you got your your house on an
1: extreme deal. Yeah. but so I, I want to put it out there though. if you are a studio the Mac pro is a really good option. If it like, if that's going to be your workhorse and that's what makes you like $10,000 a month or, or or more, like if that thing's going to pay for itself, then that's cool. And they are, they're damn nice machines. They are not for the price, but they are nice. And like, especially if you're, if you're doing professional work, where having that hardware, Apple video encoder. Is going to be useful. Like that's pretty. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Pretty nice. But you know what's also cool? But is retroarch? transitioning to the next to the next story. That's what's really cool. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about yes, retro arch. Uh, apparently, we we were hearkening back to the beginning because retro arch has been hacked. What what exactly happened with this hack?
1: Uh, basically somebody broke into. RetroArch slash LibRetro's uh, servers where they hosted, you know, the actual builds and whatnot, um, and then moved on to their GitHub, and the important part was that they wiped out their entire GitHub repository. They oh, that's not They left nothing good. but the readme files. Oh. Uh, the BuildBot server was hacked... Um, all the available builds of uh, RetroArch were deleted. Um, and so basically, RetroArch in its entirety was erased from the internet for uh, quite a while. Uh, and the really sad part was the GitHub repositories couldn't even be restored uh, entirely. Um uh, github said that they could not restore a branch or repository to its previous state uh so either github doesn't have backups of its public repositories or they just are that security minded i guess i don't know but that's, that's that shit sucks
0: they should have backups in my opinion you would think yeah uh, that's, that's... You would
1: you would think that they'd have something like a but is it is it uh, ZFS something like that? I know should... it's FS something that has snapshots where yeah. you'd think that they'd be able to roll back a snapshot, especially whenever it was hours after the deletion occurred.
0: That that's that's silly. Like not being all three of us are are IT guys, and if I worked at a place that had no backups, I would be pissed because. Yeah. How many times do users delete their files and then they're like, "Oh shit, I accidentally deleted my file. Can you restore it for me?" And if you're like, "Nope, can't do it," they will not be happy with you. So, I I am honestly a little appalled by GitHub for that. They should they should definitely have backups there.
1: And like they're they're presumably hosting everything on Azure instances. Like, yeah. You're going to tell me that you guys don't have backups for those things? Like, seriously?
0: Yeah, and it, it looks like... Um, is it libretro? Um, mm-hmm. They said, uh, we have now restored most of the GitHub repositories by hand. There might still be some PRs that were forced closed close during the vandalism. We will have to figure out a solution there still. Step two is restoring the build bot for temporary use until we use the new server. It did say that they had a $1300 stretch goal uh so that they could actually backups. have backups. And I'm like that's uh, I guess Libretro isn't making much money from what they do. No.
1: And and they don't. Yeah. Uh like it, they're they're a really cool company but they only have like two thousand dollars a month from patreon
0: yeah so and
1: it was it was before that apparently so or it was it was less than that apparently uh up until the the hack happened and oh my. it got oh. boosted up
0: oh they hack themselves what this is my conspiracy theory they deleted the re- <laughs> they deleted it said they were hacked that way it would get them more Patreon money
1: uh well I mean
0: it's it's not that's not what happened I'm joking but <laughs> if I were a conspiracy theorist that would make a lot of sense and I know there's one person that's like yeah that's totally what they did
1: fuck Libretro. Retro because it, uh, it says here that they were target of a premeditated cybercrime attack on our key infrastructure. The hacker did the following damage, accessed the BuildBot server, crippled BuildBot services, and the NetPlay lobby service. Uh, updates don't work right now. Gained access to LibRetroOrg on GitHub, impersonating a very trusted member of the team, and force-pushed a blank initial commit To most of the repositories effectively wiping them out
0: the good Um, news is that because this did boost them to two thousand dollars a month they have now reached their thirteen hundred dollar stretch goal so they can indeed get their regular backups
1: so that's good interestingly they believe that this was done via an AWS instance so they might be able to to like get with amazon and trace who was using that aws instance unless Since the person this was using is most...
0: a vpn but well, uh, well you're you're saying who who was logged into that aws instance on there right
1: account. and like yeah they probably were using a fake identity or something but if if they put any payment information in there or they were dumb enough to use their personal Amazon account, like, who knows? At least they can try.
0: That's that's correct. So hopefully, uh, I, I do like Retroarch. Are you actually going to install Retroarch onto
1: your Wii U? Uh, yeah, because um, I'm curious as to how well it'll run, like, uh, PS1 games and whatnot honestly i think it'll run ps1 games fine uh so the the problem is it doesn't have a uh it doesn't have a dynamic recompiler right now okay so it's all done in software so that could be bad yeah
0: but but i like hardware wise i think that the wii u could do it because the processor yes the the system is slow but the processor uh the it has two gigs of ram i think um and the graphics chip like it should be enough that it's it's more powerful than the raspberry pi 3
1: yeah but the raspberry pi 3 has a dynamic recompiler
0: exactly uh and so it it should run fine if they're able to get that dynamic recompiler working hopefully the software would work fine i don't know that much about emulation on if how much that matters i'm sure it's a lot it is quite a bit I would imagine it's not going to run in 64 games very well.
1: No, but uh, that's what the uh, virtual console injection is for.
0: Yes. Another thing that's really cool is that you, you mentioned that it's difficult, but you can get the GameCube and Wii games running flawlessly on it. Correct. So it's, that's actually really cool. Now, when you do that is the GameCube I, I, I haven't looked into it so when you're running GameCube games on your Wii U uh, can you use your, your normal pad or a pro controller you can actually use a GameCube adapter if you want to oh right they have those mm-hmm. that's really cool that's really cool yeah. I got uh, one for Smash but we're, uh, I'm going to just tell one little story before we leave Uh, you may have noticed in my chat, there's somebody who's new, uh, I made friends with him on Mixer right before Mixer shut down, and he's in my Discord. And, uh, by the way, you can find links to Discord, I believe I have links to Discord below, otherwise I'll put them there. So if you want to join the Discord, you can. Uh, but we were talking, he's interested in buying one of my five GameCubes that I have laying around, and I'm willing to sell it to him. And he's like, oh, I really want an orange one. But those ones were only released in Japan. And I have a picture I have taken uh, when I was in Japan of just a row of orange GameCubes.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: And did you, because my phone has a really good camera. So you can actually zoom in and look at the price. They were only like $5 a piece.
1: Yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: So, I think next time I go there, if I'm ever able to go there again, I'm just going to p- pick up all of the orange GameCubes I can. Cuz uh mm. he was saying that it was like $80 plus $50 shipping. Uh and I told him that I would only charge him $130. So, uh yeah, I thought that was that was pretty funny. Anyway, we're going to we're going to end this show. I want to thank you for being here, Connor.
2: I was By all definitions, here.
0: You're (laughs) technically here, even though you um. are what? What game are you playing right now? Can I see?
2: Uh, Uh, I'm I'm playing painting Warhammer minis right now, and I didn't want this to to be every 15 seconds.
0: Oh, okay, I see. And then, thank you for being here, aroa I fly in a plane. You're flying a plane, and I have been your host. I have been your host, Nathan Spruth. We'll be back next Sunday. Uh just like every week. Thank you for all being here. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.